0: Listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 975-1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hey, welcome in. It's your Cougar Preview Show right here on 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. As we count you down to kickoff, it is BYU and Arizona State. Cougars fresh off that W against Utah. An impressive win. Hands that uh, not necessarily surprised the BYU one, but surprised the way they did it. And now the question is: That dominance in the trenches can that continue throughout the course of the season?
1: The question is, I think, for all of us is, and, and it's a part of that, Scotty, is how good is this team? How yeah. how good are they, and how good can they continue to be? And every week, you you get you find new answers to a team's ability or a team's lack of ability. And right now, I find myself more asking how good can BYU be unless asking, is this a facade? Is this fake? Is what we saw, as you mentioned yesterday, that USC win that is then followed up by three losses. Yeah. Is this that type of team? And you, you go through all the names and you, you're, you're wondering, am I, am I being hoodwinked? Am I being tricked? because I don't want to fall into the trap of being tricked because it's never fun to fall into that trap of being tricked one way or the other with the team that they're that bad or they're that, that, that good. Yeah. Because then you get a little overexcited and then one fan base hates you for being too excited. And they're like, see, we told you you're always wrong. And they never see the fact that we've nailed 80% more teams than we've missed on. They don't, they don't see it. So I'm, I'm, I'm very careful to just jump in and say, this team has got it and they're incredible and they're going to beat Arizona State. I'm very hesitant. You know I don't just jump in like that. With that being said, when you study the personnel that BYU is playing with and, and what they did against Utah, they sure feel capable. But there's something else that I'm continuing to watch develop that gives me a different type of confidence and it and it's a continuing development and that is elisus tuyaki's understanding of the talent that he has and his usage yeah along with the suggestions of coach clune yeah because i think that coach clune is having some influence i
0: hadn't thought about that that's a good point
1: yeah so i like some of that influence and i like what how they're working right now yeah and coach kloon has got a position group that he feels like he can max out he's got some good linebackers
0: he does mm-hmm. he's inherited a good group there
1: and then the ever-evolving aspect of aaron roderick's ability to game plan and call a game i don't know if we spend enough time on what aaron roderick has done as an offensive coordinator It is undervalued and unappreciated. Yeah. And so those two and their understanding of their talent and their creativity in game planning and then their creativity in in calling a game. That's where you start to build a little bit more confidence because then you start thinking to yourself, well, does it matter if it's Neil Pau or Puka Nakua? Does it matter if it's Isaac Rex or Dallin Holker, does it matter if it's Lopini Katoa, or any other running back, Tyler Algier or any other run, run does it matter? Because they're calling plays that fits personnel. Yeah. The 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 scheme and the system that they're putting against opposing scheme and systems are they're working really well and they have Going back to the beginning of last year and, you know, when we talk about Aaron Roderick, going back into 2019 is when he started calling games. So we're we're now at a pretty big sample size, Scotty, where I look at it and say, all right, so the personnel is the personnel, and they've got a lot of good personnel. But who's calling? Who's scheming? Who's game planning? And how much success have they had? Because there's one thing that was evident in that Utah game; they, it, they Utah was out schemed and out game planned
0: One hundred percent. And that I think is the big storyline here, in terms of, you know, obviously Aaron Roderick's getting a lot of love. Ituaiaki needs to get a lot of love. Yeah. Uh, for what he did yes, from a schematic does. standpoint, and 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 you look across the board, that is what's really surprising is the scheme like Keenan Pilly's he's a great player. He's got 24 tackles. You got Ben ba- Bywater out there who's second on the team in tackles. He great. doesn't he doesn't bring a lot of experience to the table, but the scheme is allowing him to be successful. Now obviously he has talent and he's a good player, but the scheme that they're putting him in is allowing him to be successful. To clean up. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now this is this is where you got to go with this conversation then to try to dive in to understand how good BYU can be. Was this a matter of Aaron Roderick, former Utah assistant coach, Kevin Clune, very familiar with everything Utah does, E. Tuiaki, former Utah defensive line coach, Kalani Sataki, former defensive coordinator for the University of Utah. Was this a matter of a group of very good coaches sitting around and saying, we know what's coming, and we know what to do against Utah? And we know how to put this together. And and the point I'm trying to get to with that is, can they do the same thing with Herm Edwards? We know Herm Edwards. We know how to beat Herm. We know what they're going to try to do. Or is this just a very unique sample size of a bunch of men that outguessed what Kyle Whittingham was coming with and Andy Ludwig and Morgan Scally? or is this a, coordinating crew that can do the same thing week in and week out. Can they do it against Herm Edwards? Can they do it against Jeff Grimes? Can yep. they do it against Bronco Men and Hall?
0: Can I answer that on Sunday morning?
1: I would like you to answer that now.
0: <laughs> but I think so.
1: But you see the question. But yeah,
0: then. but you're right. There the familiarity I think allowed BYU to handle themselves and the lack of creativity on Utah's part. Yes allowed BYU to have a ton of success on Saturday. But can that carry over? And I don't, you know, I'm not saying uh, I'm not buying in on BYU. I'm bought in. I thought this team would win nine games before the season started. Um, But but I do want to see what happens when they play up against Arizona State. Yeah, for sure.
1: But, Scotty, there's a different level of buy-in, though. Because, yeah, you were bought in, and I was bought in. Yeah, uh, for BYU going into the season, but neither of us were bought into the point where we thought they would wreck the University of Utah. Yeah. So now it's beyond a buy-in. Now it's kind of like, all right, you know, we're here on the Cougar Preview Show. BYU fans are tuning in. They want to hear about their Cougars. They want to know how good they are. Well, now I'm trying to figure out. I, I was bought in. I had a lot of faith in Kalani. I knew that this team would be good. I thought they'd be a... Right, at, right around a nine-win team. I predicted they'd go five and two mm-hmm. in their power five games. Like, I felt like it was a good team, but yeah. now it's like, wait a second, hold on, hold on, hold on. And it's the sum you have to do every year when a team opens up with a couple of interesting wins. You stop and you say, "All right, well, how good are they?" I do the same thing with Utah State.
0: Yeah, and that's totally fair.
1: Utah State gets the win on the road. Utah State. Gives up twenty one points in a quarter to North Dakota State. Then they stop them. They got a new coach in the team and a team. And every day, I'm like, wait a second. Okay, but how good are they? Yeah. And we're going to learn a, a world of knowledge. We're gonna we're gonna gain a world of knowledge after this Arizona State game. Yeah. Because this is a unique quarterback situation. I don't think that they will face a quarterback as slick as. Jaden Davis, Daniels, or Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I don't think they will. You watched him? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's greasy. Should he's, be
0: playing for Utah right now.
1: He's he's tough to bring down. Yeah, you slide off lightning
0: like fast. Yeah, hard to tackle.
1: Put you on your butt before yep. you even get a touch on him. Yep. So it's a this is a really unique world that they're going to be living in. But my question is, and, and, we, and I think that Aaron Roderick has answered it time and again against Boise State a couple of times um, against, you know, and you go back to his time when he was a coordinator at the University of Utah. He was a winning coordinator at Utah. So I think that the answer for Aaron Roderick is he's underrated and he could put together a game plan. He knows defenses. And if Arizona State thinks that they're just going to roll out of bed and throw their base defense out at Aaron Roderick, they'll lose.
0: Yeah,
1: Arizona State's got to have their eyes wide open, and they better come with a a pretty intricate game plan to try to combat what – because this isn't – BYU's not just rolling out there. It felt like Utah rolled out there with, hey, we're Utah. Let's go beat them up in the trench. BYU came in and they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to beat them at their game. Yeah. Then we're going to have some wrinkles that are going to beat them and, and bring our own game. There's some creative minds going on at BYU right now. I don't – one creative mind that doesn't get talked enough about is Festus Satake. But But the other great part, Scotty, you know when me, you, and Lloyd sat down to kind of build out this show almost eight years ago and how we were going to go about things? And nobody came in with an ego, and we're all just sitting there like, well, what can, can we do? What, what would work? What would be fun? What areas do we need to intensify? What? And all of us just threw out suggestions. We all trusted each other and listened. It wasn't, well, I've programmed 100 shows, and I've done this and this. Or it wasn't, well, I've had my own morning show, and I, and I do this and this. It was, how can we build the best thing? That's what you've got right now in that coaching room with BYU. It's not egos. It's not, well I was at Weber State calling plays. And well I was at the University of Utah calling plays. And it's just guys sitting around saying, All right, how do we how do we figure this out? How do we yeah. crack this nut? We know Herm Edwards. We know what Jaden Daniels is all about. How do we crack this nut? Ed Lamb has been a head coach. He's sitting there with Eli Satoyaki who's been a defensive line coach and now a defensive coordinator for years and Kalani Zataki Who's been and those guys aren't being combative? no, and no, this has gotta be my way. It's all right, well, we've got this bywater kid and we've got this Chaz Ayu kid, and we've got this Wilgar kid what if what if in these blitzing schemes we get some separation, we widen here, and we bring this combination of stunt? Well, yeah, that might work. I can see that working. Well, look at what Herm Edwards is trying to do. He's trying to do a, a wing T out of a shotgun formation with with Jaden Daniels. Yes. If we do that, you know, and, and those minds are creative instead of combative. So, you, you know from experience, Scotty, that's a pretty conducive working environment.
0: Well, and we had talked about that when they made the hire. Uh, so, Jeff Grimes comes in. All right. He's going to be uh, – originally was going to be your, your primary play caller. And then you've got Aaron Roderick, who's called plays in the Pac-12. Then you had Fessy Sataki, who just been an OC at Weber State. I mean, there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen at that Steve point. Steve Clark. Steve Clark.
1: Who was a coordinator at Southern Utah, I believe.
0: And so you've got all these guys that have play calling history, have been OCs, and you get them in a room, and they kept saying, hey, look, it's collaboration. We're all smarter together than we are individually. It's going to work out. And it did, especially when Arod started calling plays in 2019. And it really started clicking, and they've been on a tear offensively ever since. So it's working. It's working at a really, really high level. And I had some questions about it. I think a lot of us did. I mean, it's tough when you bring in a bunch of people that have been the guy, and they all have to work together and try to come up with an equal voice to get things done. Because I guarantee there's been times in that meeting room when they've been like, this is the right way to do it. Another guy's been like, no, this is the right way to do it. I've seen this before. Like, no, I've seen it too, and this is the best way to attack it. And somehow these guys are coming together and knocking it out of the park.
1: Yeah, but then it's, okay, well, let's try this. Yeah. We'll we'll go with what you're saying, but we're going to have this ready. I've got this ready. Yeah, because I've I've ran this against the University of Utah. I've seen what this does against them. Yeah, I I get that, but – in order to have kind of a more consistent front, we need to have this. Okay, but we're going to have this ready. So instead of it being a conflict and people saying they want to leave and having a countdown on the board and being sick of where they are, it's they're, they're working together and they're coming up with some really great, great game, game plans.
0: How much do you credit leadership from Kalani Satake on that in developing an, an atmosphere where that where that can be successful? Because I don't think Kalani Satake's barging into the offensive meeting room and said, guys, this is what has to happen this week. This, 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 and this. And I don't want anything. I don't want any risks. Our defense is good. I don't want anybody screwing this thing up. Mm -hmm. I think Kalani, and this is just my opinion, you would know far better than I how the makeup of of that coaching staff is. But Kalani doesn't seem to be an offensive
1: micromanager. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's an empower.
0: He might be on the defensive side because that's his background and he feels comfortable with it.
1: He's he's an empower. He always has been an empower. Yeah, likes to likes to give maybe some advice. Likes to listen to your intelligence, your level of intelligence and and understanding of it, and then he's going to let you go with it. Um. So yeah I think he's the I think he's the right guy to let that that creative work kind of flow from these coaches not to try to step in and be the dictator so it's it's an impressive staff with some impressive outcome I'm right now I'm with BYU fans I'm just crunching all the different numbers the rosters and the coaches thinking to myself but but how good how good because the schedule lines up that they can prove a lot to the country but how good is this team if they go out and undo arizona state with arizona state's offensive speed then you start looking at south florida the following week and you start putting things together and you're like well they got a bye week coming They've got a, a a lull and late stretch that they just can't blink in November. They've got games that they got to prove in Baylor and Virginia. But it's hard because your your mind lets you take if they if they start the season three and you know, zero, Scotty, ooh, the sky's the limit.
0: Oh, it really is. Then ESPN rolls out Trevor Trevor Maddich, and the hype train really kicks off.
1: Yeah, because the the BYU fan hype train is already. I can't believe how intense it is. Well, in
0: these the were. First two weeks. I mean, when you map out the season, I think we had both these games as L's for BYU. Uh,
1: the Utah. Oh yeah.
0: Or Utah. Sorry, Utah and Arizona State.
1: Yeah, but not. Yeah, that. But the Arizona State is a win. Yes.
0: Yeah, and so at that point.
1: Okay. So yeah. I I preseason took BYU to be five and two in Power Five games. I thought that the two losses would be Utah and Arizona State. I thought they'd beat USC because I just I did. Think yeah. USC's a mess.
0: I mean, we all thought Clay held be fired maybe not this fast, but by the time BYU
1: got around to playing him, sure. But the two losses I gave them when I picked 5 and 2. Yes. in Power 5 games. Was Utah and Arizona State. Agreed. I Agreed. I agree.
0: All right, Hanson Scotty, live right here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. Some jazz gear up for grabs. Come by, grab some of that. Uh, Check out these vehicles with 0% financing. Every new model is available to you at 0% financing. That's right. You got to take advantage of it right now. Come by, say hi, and they all come with a forever warranty. Learn more about that. Peace of mind, folks, knowing that your vehicle will be covered for as long as you own it, and that costs you nothing. It's all courtesy of Tim Daly, Nissan, and Murray right here on the Zone Sports Network. This is DJ and PK
1: time to talk football with Nick Ford,
0: the University of Utah offensive lineman. Curious how you are after the loss to BYU, and <clears throat> I'm wondering how much that wrecked your whole weekend, so to speak.
1: You know, you can tell you it was a grain of salt. There's a lot of things on film that was good. There's a lot of things on film that were bad. There's a lot of things that people on the outside don't understand that people on the inside do understand, and give credit where it's due. And, you know, it's on to the next week. Can't talk. Nobody feels sorry for us. It's a disappointment, and definitely going to improve from that.
0: Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.